Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Hello and welcome, everyone. Welcome to the China Shop. Get your asses inside. We got another exciting, exciting guest interview today. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialIneptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm good. Uh, how are you? i excited to be back from your trip from Ireland. I am. This is your first recording, right, since we uh, since you came back? It is. I, I only looked at the charts a couple times to go, oh, I'm missing a big sell-off. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Could really be cleaning up on the puts. But yeah, yeah. Uh, this right. is the first job I've had where I'm like, okay, sweet. Back to work. Hey, it's Monday. All right. It's yeah. fucking Monday. Yeah. <laughs> right. Who do we got today? We are just joined today by none other than Matthew Morosky over at uh, Good Scene Wealth Management. How are you doing today, Matthew? Oh, man, I'm, I couldn't be better. I'm happy to be here and uh, talk shop with you guys for a little bit. Well, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your background in getting into finance and how you became a financial advisor? Yeah, sure. I, I, I you know, talking about book ideas, I, <laughs> I, I actually think my, my story is actually pretty cool for people that are in, in, in finance because I, I did not get into this business the way 99% of everybody else that's, that does this that's roughly my age. I, how do they get in? Yeah, uh, they started, you know, one of the big firms, or they started an RIA, um, and they're basically handed a handed some some <laughs> small clients or the the annoying clients, and then they they, they basically <laughs> do all the, the the schlep work for for the lead advisor, and then they grow a business mm-hmm. on the side, and they either leave or whatever, you know, or the people that start at like the big firms, they, you know, if you start it, I won't name them, I don't want to get sued by anybody, but basically. <laughs> You, uh, you know, you, you go in and you're like, oh, I'm going to be a financial advisor or planner. And you go in, they're like, oh, let me see your phone book. Call all of your family and friends and now to sell them life insurance. And so like literally that's, that's how, that's, uh, that's how, that's how most people start. It sounds like an awful, awful path. And yeah, it, it, uh, it, it sounds where, I mean, it sounds horrendous. So I, I'm actually, so I, I'm from Ohio. And the reason that that's important is I, I moved across the country um, it, with $300 in my pocket and my Dodge Neon I had rebuilt because I was a mechanic back there while I put myself through school. And uh, I, I started up in the Bay Area and literally at 20 got a got a job because I was supposed to go work for the Gap in marketing and, and got hit by a car, my bike broke my arm. And oh so my I, I got... I, that never happened. I never made it across the ferry to San Francisco, and I, I got a job answering a phones, answering the phones at, at the at a uh, investor relations firm uh, that also did some VC stuff. And, and mm-hmm. basically, I walked in and I saw these guys on, you know, with with the screen, you know, the big fancy screens and tickers. I didn't know anything about anything, and and, and I just got, you know, I, I said, listen, I got a broken collarbone on my right arm, but I can answer. I just answer phones on my left arm. I answered phones and and got 
got to talking to people and I just was, I, I was in love. I, I wanted to learn everything about, there were some, some like ex traders out there that worked on the, on the floor and stuff. And it was like, it was like a 15 person fir- uh, firm. And I did that for a few years and worked my way up to, uh, to a vice president in, in that, in that uh, firm up in, in uh, Novato mm-hmm. and just realized, man, I really hate this. Um, <laughs> And uh, like the money and like the fancy Wall Street lifestyle of the jets and the stupid parties and the ridiculous cars. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) Listen, those were like the perks, but I wasn't happy and I couldn't quite figure it out. And I realized it was, we we weren't really, you weren't really helping anybody. You weren't really creating anything. And so I I literally, uh, and I didn't like some of the things that the owner of the firm did, did not mix with my ethics uh i mean that's a whole nother long conversation luckily he's dead or i could get sued right uh so <laughs> i i just uh one day i just moved uh, it was 2010 that i just moved down to and decided like hey i'm gonna i'm gonna start over i'm gonna move down to los angeles and and start over and if i hate it there it was either here in new york and i was like but it's warm down there and i came down here and uh i didn't want to get a real job i had a bunch of money saved and so i started teaching rowing out in the marina because i was a rower in high school and college and coach and so mm-hmm. i eventually took out this really annoying para- paralegal one day because uh, she was just talking like saying all these things about rowing. I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. I was like, let me take you out. <laughs> so I took this lady out. We had like out in the ocean, right outside of Santa Monica for like two and a half hours. And we had fantastic conversation. She said, Hey, you should, well, I was kind of tr- trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. She's like, you should meet my friend, Alan. He's a, uh, he's a financial planner. He has his own firm, own RIA, and he's looking for someone just like you. Uh, so that he can travel and then one day, you know, basically, you know, have a succession plan. I thought, oh my God, mm-hmm. I got the jackpot. This sounds awesome. So uh, basically the moral of that story is only by going back to my roots and doing something I knew I really loved, which is rowing, was the reason I found the, my partner today. So I'm on the succession plan. I, I started with him. I wasn't given any clients wasn't given any book. I had to teach fitness classes. I had to repair rowing machines. You wouldn't believe the amount of of manual labor I've done to build a book of business. Uh, mm-hmm. And luckily, thank God, all that's in the past because that that was it was it was brutally hard to do. And so he, you know, he said, "Hey, listen, if you you join me, I'll teach you." He's a uh, I'll teach you the, he's about twice my age, he's in his mid sixties. If you do right by the client, you're going to be more successful than I am. Uh, you'll have a bigger book than I am, you know? And, 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 and I was like, at the time I was like, geez, I have, I have zero assets. I have zero clients. What are you I, I, like? Okay, sure. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I, you know, he, he taught me how to build financial plans. He taught me, you know, we're a fee only, which registered investment advisory here in, in, in LA. And, um, and I, I genuinely like talking to people. I like, you know, going out and meeting people. So I, I, I built my whole practice, my, my book of business by networking. And then, you know, a little bit later, way later on, 2018, I started doing some social media. I, I just post content that I, I think is interesting. Like I just talk mm-hmm. about things that I find that are interesting or I think could be helpful. So put a pin on that real quick. Come back yeah. to that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. So, I mean, I, so many people, you know, make so many, you know, there's a lot of content out there and especially with now with TikTok and all that kind of stuff. I don't do TikTok. I just do Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook page, you know, professional pages that with all the archiving for regulation. And and I just genuinely try to tell things that I think would be helpful, helpful for, for anybody. Um, and, uh, and so I, you know, I've, I've, 
now my I've just opened up our my own office here in I'm still with the firm and and going to be to take over the firm. We're in the buyout process this year, um, but I was able to build a, a business um, underneath Alan and and um, and be his succession plan. And 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 man, it's 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 literally the. I was telling my wife sometimes I you know you have that imposter syndrome because you're like, geez, if people knew where I came from and what I had to do to to support myself and pay my bills to, to make this dream come true. Mm-hmm. Uh, where now I, I'm talking to you guys, I'm sitting on, you know, in my century city office, which was my, a dream, you know, 12 years ago, 12 and a half years ago to ever be able, you know? And so it, I just, I, I'm, I'm kind of like Rocky. I take a lot of punches, but I, I can, I can, you know, I've got that good Midwestern uh, work ethic. I can, I can hang in the ring and, and take some punches. And believe me, I took punches for years. That should be a source of pride though. Not a, not a, not a, a, Source of uh, I don't know what the right word, the opposite of that <laughs> shame. Right, right, yeah, no, yeah. no, no shame in that. It's just you know, it, it's uh, it's funny when I when I'd meet other advisors that were like roughly my age, and I'm you know I'm going to be 37, just full full disclosure there in, in August. It, it, so many douchey people. I mean, I couldn't. <laughs> nobody wanted to talk to me about. Like everybody was so guarded. Like there was one guy I reached out to on Instagram because I genuinely thought it, he was an advisor in New, in New York. So he's across the country. Not that we don't have clients everywhere, but I was like, hey, I, you know, I kind of work alone. My partner's twice my age. Like he doesn't. Obviously, on certain things we can relate, but on other things he can't because he's not. You know, he's not trying to grow his business anymore or anything like that. And so, and man, it was just like I can't have an honest conversation with another advisor because I have yet to meet one that wasn't pretty much just a douchebag. Like I was trying to get some kind of trade secrets. I was like, I'm just trying. It's just nice to talk to someone else that does what yeah. <laughs> you know. It's in the business, and that you know. Anyway, so it's 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 like a lonely world at the same time. It's kind of refreshing because I'm, I'm as much as I, I like talking to people, I do like being alone in my office and not having to see anybody uh, from time to time. But yeah, it's uh, I, I do. It's 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 nice now that you know things have paid off, and I'm at I'm very grateful and fortunate, you know. And there was definitely luck along the way it came, but I, I knew I was I wanted to work in the markets somewhere but moving to LA really helped me solidify exactly what my role would be. Why why do you think they were so I guess guarded around you like like they're giving up trade secrets? Why do you think that is? Cuz everybody we've met in this industry so far has been like more than open. Like everybody that we've talked to as far as like professional traders seems to want to share as much as they can. Like they love talking about it. Yeah. Oh man. Well, obviously I found you guys at the right time because I, I have, I have been obviously looking in the wrong closet. I, I, I don't, you know, your networking events and obviously everybody's trying, you know, I don't, I haven't done that stuff in years. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of gave up on it. I, I don't know if you never know, like LA is also a place of it's, it's a, it's a huge, um, you know, it's like, it's like the, the Willy Wonka. You don't know what people are, what they aren't because everybody's <laughs> a facade of some sort. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so like, you know, I don't know if, if the, the the advice I taught you know if they were and again they were roughly my age a little younger a little older where I think you know everyone's trying to put up a front and and I I that's just not my I but I don't know maybe I I, I must have been doing something wrong because you guys are you know and I don't talk to like traders like traders are that's, right. that's different like but other advisors that were like at fee based or fee only RIAs and Man, I just, you know, I, I must have said the wrong things because I just struck out, but I was genuinely, like, excited to meet people. Well, to me, that that kind of smacks of insecurity. Like, you don't want to yeah. tell somebody anything if you don't actually know what you're doing, <laughs> if that makes sense, you know? 
it wasn't like, Hey, how do you, how do you find clients? You know, it was just like, right. Hey, you know, I was like, what, what kind of CRM do you like to use? Like I use, <laughs> like, listen, like I use Wealthbox. Like, do you like, is there a better one? Like, how do you, you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, I, I just bouncing ideas back and forth off people. I, I, I've hit a wall and I, I, I try to, I like to think that I'm a relatively easy person to talk to and open, but uh, anyways, I, I struck out. So I stopped trying, <laughs> you know, Kyle, it might just, it might just be the nature of the podcast we do. Like people that, that hear us and find out about us, like, okay, I want to go on that show. It's not just us though. I mean, if you look at like Twitter and like some of the people that we've, we found through there, like they've been open and trying to share just, it's almost like the trading world is a world where nobody wants to listen to you. How many times have you told someone to sell their crypto at the top or, or oh, take some yeah. profit on yeah. something and they just look at <laughs> yeah. you with glassy eyes and yeah, to take some profit myself today because I, I, I was we think about our most recent conversation where I was like, I tell people to take profit when they got it, but nobody ever does. I was like, oh, damn, take that profit. Take it now. <laughs> <laughs> Especially where we're sitting at today. Jeez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. We'll get into that, too. <laughs> right. Um, Tell me a little bit about the differences between the firm that you're working at now versus the one that you you didn't feel like very comfortable working in like yeah, I, I don't want to name any names or, or no, anything no like worries. that but like just what what were some of the things that threw you off and why do you like better about the place you're at now like i said the owner owner is dead <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. either way but i won't mention it but well one it's it two two different businesses uh you know this is this is we i about 40 percent of my businesses like defined benefit pension plans 401ks that i run then 60 percent mm-hmm. is personal uh personal money families things like that and and uh up there it was you know the we we represented companies and and, and did their investor relations and then also worked through you know constellation as as a as basically vc you know like fund getting things funded it's just that first of all that that's an entire those those two businesses in and of themselves are entirely different right but it's really just here's 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 what i've always thought i've had an advantage in where i sit today is because there, there you're not going to find another I would be shocked. I would love to meet him or her, uh, but that another advisor that came from a a, a, uh, a shop, the I, the investor relations firm. For all better purposes, you could call it a chop shop. You could call the VC was legit. Mm-hmm. Um, they had real money, real backing. But like, I got to see some of the craziest, uh, not fraudulent, but in this industry, like the gray area of how companies are put together, structured how people are leveraged in leveraged out like the actual mm-hmm. there's like that famous saying if you ever saw how the spaghetti was made you might not be so excited to eat it kind of <laughs> <Right>. like, that, <laughs> like when you when you when you really learn how do these people make all this money like how you know they don't seem to yeah, it, there was there was just a lot that i didn't like and there there was a lot of you know we got paid in stock mm-hmm. so there was a natural incentive to you know obviously it just an inborn conflict of interest yeah and so it was just an entirely listen i'm i'm super grateful for it because i know i got to see some some wild stuff and 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 see a, a, a portion of the market that the average advisor has no idea about you know when you actually see how the sauce is made how companies are formed right you know whether you're doing reverse mergers or whatever you're doing and, and so it it was very beneficial and it also kind of you know i was young so i i was it it really so you really it's good to kind of get hit with something like that early on in your career early on in your in your age because you really find out who you are and i was like at the end of the day i'm not really making anything not making a product i'm not performing a service that is really 
it just was kind of hollow. You create wealth. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you mean? what do we make? We make money. We make money, right? <laughs> I don't understand the question. So coming to this side and, and, and it's like, you know, where you get to work as, you know, as a fiduciary, you work in the best interest of the client because at the end of the day, that is the boss. The boss is the mm-hmm. client. And, and so if I get fired, it's because I either A, I didn't do a good job or B, someone just couldn't handle, you know, markets or, or, or didn't like what I was telling them that that's happened before where I, especially in, uh, you know, early April of 2020 when, you know, young guys like they wanted to sell out of their entire por- portfolio instead of buying them. It's just like, I'm like, I can't help you. you, you, you that's right. These are some of the dumbest moves I've, I, you know, I just flat you out. can't say that, but. <laughs> no, I did. Yeah, no. I, Good for you. <laughs> I got into it with, uh, with two, two clients. One technically, I guess, fired me. The other one I, I fired. But th- those are like two of the best learning experiences ever. I, I, I can tell you, I, I know, I know the guys that sold, sold out of their portfolios at Dow 19, 320, like. And, and and probably still haven't gotten in. Or or right. the other case was the guy, uh, the other guy, and he's like a young guy in tech, so of course he knows everything. That wanted to be all Shopify, all Zoom, like all oh, because that was that was that was what you own because that was what what was. I mean, listen, those stocks were insane, right? At the time, where are they at now? Where is Shopify now? Where, where yeah. is Zoom? Uh, what's the other uh, the other one that turned into a, like basically a penny stock? I forget. But Peloton. Oh my god, <laughs> Peloton! Oh jeez, uh, yeah. So. Uh, you know, those are great learning and I, you know, I'll never, you, it really has helped me since you keep learning in this business. Cause you learn, you know, people say that they have a risk tolerance of a rhino, of a rhino. And it, when, when, as soon as you get like a 5% downturn, you know, in a you know, 5% day in the market, you know, they, they're literally ready to throw everything up and put it all into, uh, you know, Shiba Inu or whatever the hell. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so it's <laughs> there's some crazy there's some really funny stories in this business of stuff people want to do and and you're like I don't where, think that's a good idea. Where did you get the confidence that you thought that was a good idea? I mean, I uh, but anyway, so it's it's been it's been a, it's been a, a good road. Do you ever let people make those mistakes just so they can learn from them? Because some some people have to like screw things up to learn. Like tell them you can take five percent of their portfolio and put it in what they think is going to be good, and we'll see what happens. Oh yeah, uh, so I've got probably I don't know a handful of clients that 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 like and and that like to trade, mm-hmm. and, and I, I always encourage that kind of client. I'm like you know I'd say ninety eight percent of the clients I have they like they the last thing that they have time or want to learn or deal with is their investments and their assets, and that's great. That's the perfect client. They because mm-hmm. I, I, I always tell people I'm like listen, you're hiring me to do a job. You've already made an assessment whether you think I I know what I'm talking about. And whether you trust me. So if you're going to hire me, just let me do my job. Right. And, and so, you know, that's why you hire somebody. I like to, whenever I hire somebody, I, I'm like, listen, I, I hired you because I, I believe that I made the right choice until you prove me wrong. And so, but uh, so there's a handful of clients. I, I tell them to keep their trading accounts and do all their, you know, triple leveraged ETFs and, and, and short, you know, short, whatever they want, do whatever kind of, you know, whatever they want to do. And that that's actually been a really something I, I'm really glad I did that, you know, it, that, because it, it, they get to play, have their fun, make their mistakes, make their money. There's, there's a few clients. Like I had this, I have this girl that's, that's a sweetheart and she, 
Listen, mm-hmm. I, I have a Peloton bike, even though my, my wife's an Apple Fitness Plus trainer, um, but they don't, have a, they don't have a bike. Like, like I have their service too, so I can work out, you know, she's not the spin instructor, but like, I, I, I love the Peloton bike and my, my client, she loves it. She's like, this is going to be the future. And this is, and this is when it was about a hundred and I think 10, 12, somewhere in that range. And like, right. she's oh. like, and, uh, and I, she's like, she really, really wanted me to buy it. And so I said, okay, listen. Fine. We'll, we'll buy a little bit in the, in the portfolio, but we're going to, we're going to like literally like, I don't know what, a thousand, maybe $2,000 that I think is now like. Oh, it's at 12 and change, <laughs> I think today. Yeah. Like, what is it at? 12 bucks? I yeah. think, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I, I said, listen, th- I said, I don't necessarily agree. Oh, another great one is Coinbase. Oh, my God. One of my good friends who's a client, uh, her husband's big, deep, deep into NFTs and crypto. Mm. Uh, I got nothing, you know, I, I got, I'm not one of these people. Like if you talk to my partner, Alan, he'll just tell, he'll tell you it's complete fraud, all of it. Like <laughs> that's not my perspective necessarily. Right. Um, but I was like, listen, uh, I said, I, I know, I know your husband wants, wants, wants me to buy Coinbase. This was when it was at 250. Yeah. I think it closed at 60, 70. I, anyways. So yeah. I was like, I was like, I know, I know he's not, you know, he's, he watches the portfolios and I haven't added it. And I have like, but here's the chart. Look at, look at where we're at. Look at the environment with the interest rate environment we're in. Look at. There, there's there's stocks that I that I do love that are in the fintech space that are great companies that are just complete disasters right now because they're just it's not the time for them. they're out of favor right you know so I do let some you know anyways the moral of that story is I bought like eight hundred dollars I don't know what that was like seven six seven eight shares at the time whatever the price was uh, and now it's already down by what forty percent and like you know never buy an ipo eight trading days yeah never buy an unless IPO. you're just trying to scalp it uh, i wouldn't fuck with them and yeah i wouldn't mess with it either um and so i'm like listen we you know and, and i'm like listen this is why i'm like you can lose any money look amazon's down 25 percent. google the right. best companies in the world are on discount right now but yep. I, I was like oh the other one robin hood oh god oh <laughs> short that one Oh. I, I had a client. He's like, I really believe in the long term. I'm like, okay. Oh, I would have shorted the hell out of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, we, th- those are some some uh, some horror stories. But when I do let people make some mistakes with a very 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 limited amount, and, and then on it, it, it really is turns out to be a good thing because it's like a mosquito bite to their portfolio. But yeah, and they. St- they still get the tuition. They yeah. get to pay less, less than tuition, but still get the same lessons. Exactly, and their ears peak, perk up a little bit more when I when I talk to them about things. And and listen, I'm not always right. There's some stocks I love that are just demolished, but at the end of the day, they're very real companies that I do think. And whether it's two, three, five, seven, ten years, I like you know, I'm not worried about the long term. You know, we just mm-hmm. had everything come down in price, but uh, you know, no one's ever. You know, everybody wants to tell you about their winners and they'll you know not their losers, and everyone's right. everyone's got some embarrassing story story is something they bought of course you know my embarrassing story is sofi oh my god oh um so you know um you know after using the platform looking at i I actually i think they're going to be fine but man it is not a stock you wanted to have bought (laughs) no not at all (laughs) but you know when you're buying an individual stock yeah you, you you limit 
you know, especially something like that, that's, that's on the, you know, I'd say cutting edge and definitely brand new, you limit so that even though like, it's an embarrassing story of, Hey, listen, this has been a train wreck. It's not going to derail anybody's, it's not going to derail a portfolio. It's, it's yeah. not, it's, it's, it's quite literally a, a, a mosquito bite in your sleep kind of right. thing. So that's how you limit those kinds of disasters. Um, God damn it. Now I, I had a question. I forgot it. Shit. Yeah, you get to start talking about stocks, and boom, it's all out of your I know, head. I know yeah, that's I all know. I can think about. What stock does he like? Which I bet I can guess. <laughs> I know. Like, listen, I'd much I, from a compliance perspective, I'd much rather tell you about all my losers rather than tell you. I know, about right? <laughs> I, I'd be like, I'll tell you about the ones that I've been shocked by. Uh, but uh, my what, guy, you know. What, what do you use to guide your investment strategies then or for picking your entries? Do you do, do you focus more on fundamental analysis or do you combine that with technical or? I think you have to have a, uh, a, a, a blend, right? Mm -hmm. Because it, you know, uh, and I was just having this, this uh, discussion with my buddy who was a broker a uh, long time. Now he's in, he's in venture capital, he has his own firm. And, but he was, he was, uh, we were talking about this yesterday we said, okay, He's like, look, you know, we're looking at the S&P. I said, hey, where do you think the bottom is? You know, everybody wants to know where's the bottom. <laughs> I said, but, you know, we had an open conversation. I said, listen, I got to think maybe 37, 38 is the low on the S&P. And, and there's some people that, you know, would tell me I'm, I'm, I'm crazy. Other people, you know, you know, you never, I, that's, but that's a mixture of fundamentals. I think too high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's too, exactly. I think it's too yeah. high, right? So, and, and he was like, oh, this, and he was the same boat. He goes, you know, his name's John. He goes, hey, look, this chart is, is terrible. And I go, well, at some point, every chart that was terrible eventually turns and it's not terrible unless it goes to zero, which the S&P is a, if it goes right. to zero, we're going to have other problems and worrying about money. No, they'll swap out the companies that go to zero. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I use a mixture of both, but technical analysis, I was just explaining this to a client, it, it is, uh, it, it's kind of like if you're a mechanic, right? So I, I, I used to work on cars. Uh, back when I was a, a kid and younger and stuff, and, and let's let's say you have like a uh, an issue with the engine, right? Mm -hmm. And there can be anywhere from 10, 20, 30 different indicators, depending on what you're looking at. Uh, oil pressure, you're looking at the electronics, you know, the, the pistons. Depends on what you're looking at. There's all these different indicators that you can look at, mm -hmm. but it's really hard to know if you're looking at the right ones, right? So there's a lot of indicators, but which one is going to be right for this scenario? And it's usually different. Uh, and so technical analysis, I think, definitely has a place. Uh, and full disclosure, I'm not a technical day trader by any of those means. I, I, I lose my shirt over. I don't know how to do that successfully. So that's not my game. But I think you got it. You have to be knowledgeable uh, a little bit in, in, in the in the technicals just to avoid some huge blunders. It, but but fundamentally, when you're looking at, you know, it's also right now we're in an environment where rates are going up. You know, we had that short spurt in 2018, but overall, most, you know, rates have been coming down. They've been at zero. They've been historically low for so long. So right. nobody really knows. Even the professionals don't know what really to expect. No, everyone's guessing. At the end of the day, everybody's guessing. Nobody really knows, but you know you have to throw that in there. You've got interest rates that are rising. Obviously, you're seeing seeing valuations compress, which is a painful but good thing. Mm -hmm. And so, I think you have to do both. Um, and at the end of the day, you've got to you know the balance sheet, the industry, and you got to you know Buffett's whole thing about investing in things you know is so important. You know, perfect example of that is look at Palantir. 
Right. I mean, a company like that, I, I, I bet you any of these analysts couldn't even really tell you what that company does. And uh, for, for good reason, because a lot of it's under lock and key. A lot of it's security, yeah. You know, but right. at the end of the day, it's kind of like we just got done watching the Theranos uh, documentary and series. It's like, oh, yeah. That was a good one, wasn't it? It's, uh, you know, that was a good, you know, like, unless you can really, unless you know how a business works, like, I'm comfortable knowing how, what's a good example without trying to not get oh, in trouble shit. for giving a stock pick, but like, like I, I know how seize candy works, right? Mm-hmm. I, 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 that's a predictable business. I know how Amazon works. I know how Apple works. I know yeah. how, you know, like there's, there's a lot of companies. So it, having a, you know, investing in what, you know, is really, really important. Uh, it can always bite you too. Like, you know, my client that his kid was on Robin hood. So he's like, they're the future. And this big, yeah. <laughs> and listen, the story's really, here's the story. Here's the pitch on, on that. The, we're going to go through the biggest, we're already started it, and I'm seeing it in my business currently, which is really exciting, but, mm-hmm. but we're seeing the biggest uh, generational uh, gifting of wealth, right? The baby boomers now to to our age, right? The, the transition of wealth. It is going to be the biggest that we've had in, in our, that we can record, right? Trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. And so the younger crowd, who are they, where they're usually on like Robin Hood or one of these other ones, right? So you could, you could really talk like the story, like the bull case on Robin Hood. You could be like, well, where do you think all these, these young millennials and zennials and bicentennials or whatever the hell they're called now like where do you think they're going to be trading do you think they're going to be trading on you know td ameritrade or schwab well they're all on these these sofi and this these other apps. like you could really make a bull case for just about anything and obviously we know how how that story turned out yeah <laughs> right but uh, well with robin hood they kind of shot themselves in the foot <sighs> yeah, yeah. I, I you know i knew no one was going to go to jail on that but of course not this is where, like, you know, especially knowing how the sauce is made, when that whole story came out, and when that all that stuff, the halting trading and all this other stuff, I'm like, this is this is all. That's like the definition of criminal activity and fraud, yeah, right? You know, uh, but, but I, I was like, there's no chance to anybody, you know, that no, no, no consequences, no consequences, because it would have affected people with very very deep pockets. Um, yeah, that's why we try to just follow them. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so that that's yeah. I, I I look at a mixture of both, and I also have a very long term outlook, and, and just realistic. I mean, you you talk to clients now, it's like where are you going to put your money? You, mm-hmm. You've got real estate where, for example, a client just inherited a property in Van Nuys, uh, which is in the va- in the San Fernando Valley. It was like a half a million dollar dump. The the per- the aunt was a hoarder. The house was small. Terrible neighborhood should have should have been. They listed it for like five fifteen. It ended up going for like seven oh five with oh like twenty five offers for a basically what looks like a meth house. Wow, housing has gotten insane lately. You know, you're like so, where are you going to put your money? You're going to go. You're going to go bid on one of these properties. Mm, I don't know. Maybe you do that, or where are you going to put your money in bonds? Where right. we have an inverse relationship to interest rates, and and if you believe what they're saying, interest rates have nowhere to go but up. So then where do you try to, you know, in, put it in rubles? Yeah. The rubles. So low. <laughs> it can't go down it's, anymore. It's bound to rebound. It's yeah, it's coming back. It's coming back, Kyle. Are you guys long the ruble? No, no, no. I don't do any Forex. <laughs> oh my God, Forex. How many scammers do I get Forex scams in my DMs on Instagram? Oh my God. It's always some super hot chick in like, that's you're just and, and and it's it's the same thing over and over. It's like 
portfolio with her next to like a Lamborghini and a Maserati and like wearing next to nothing. It's, and then it's like, take my training program. Oh my God. (laughs) I don't think she's actually teaching. (laughs) (laughs) That was my, that was my uh, inclination as well that I didn't quite think they, uh, that that was the person sitting behind uh, doing crunching the numbers, but you know, anyways, it, it's a, it's a it's a wild world out there in the investment landscape. That's fun though, too. It is fun. It's funny. <laughs> anyways, so tell me a little bit more about the work that you do with the Youth Business Alliance. Yeah, uh, there I, I stumbled across them uh, five six years ago, and the the part of the reason, I, you know, the market's always fascinating me was because my my dad worked for uh, for Chrysler. He was a mechanical engineer. My mom didn't work. So we were, we were like, you know, we, we made, my dad, like middle class Ohio, but like not, you know, he made, you could still do it like on one income, but we weren't like rolling in it by any means. Right. And so my dad got, you know, he was at, he's at a big firm and still around today. And my dad got the most terrible advice on uh, college savings and, and college planning. He was basically because the advisor didn't want him to, I don't know why they didn't start 529s. I don't really have no idea why, but instead of having him, you know, possibly take or set money aside in another bucket or do some kind of college planning. Uh, she had him take out a loan against his retirement. And Oh, man, that's the worst thing you can do. And unfortunately, yeah, my sister spent, what, six and a half years in school uh, for, for a four-year degree. So like- Oh, she's not a doctor? She's not a doctor. No, she has no medical uh, diploma. So uh. like- my dad, my, by the day he retired, luck, and luckily it's not a catastrophe. I, I hear the catastrophe story, but luckily by the day he retired, he had finally paid off her loans, but like, <clears throat> or paid off his loan back to his to his plan. And so I've always had like a chip on my shoulder, like about, I, like I do, I do college plan. I don't charge for 529 college planning. I, I, we do that for free. There's, there's, that's always going to be pro bono because uh, of what I went through. And I, you know, I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and my parents, they just didn't know. Um, but the Youth Business Alliance is really, really cool because I can remember being in like high school um, and I was fortunate. I went to a Jesuit school where you got to go like your senior year, you'd spend like a week at a different kind of business. Like I went to a dentist office to shadow. I went to a power plant. I went to, oh, you know, like wow. they really try to set you up for success. Like here's some possible careers. Like what are you interested in? But most kids don't get that. And I never got that. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and so, <laughs> and so the youth business Alliance, what they, they're like, Hey, you can be a guest speaker and like, go just talk to a classroom of kids. And I, I coached high school rowing. I, I love high school kids. I like, like, I like teaching, uh, obviously rowing, but you know, financial literacy and, and like, because even, even grownups that sit in my office, they, they don't understand. No. They're like, Oh, are we going to, we're going to play the stock market. I'm like, you got to understand you're, you're, you want to, you want to own, you want to be an owner, you're owners of companies. Like the market prices will do what they do, but you, you want to own, you don't have to be Steve Jobs or Elon Musk. You can mm-hmm. own a, albeit small, part of his business. Um, and like getting to where like kids grow, they like, they, especially with crypto now, they're all, they're all into crypto, which is is whatever it's going to be. You know, I, I have no uh, crystal ball on that, but they, they don't understand like, why would you save and, and why, why would you start investing and what is investing and, and the, everybody's like oh it's it's like a it's it's like a casino it's like gambling i'm like <laughs> you know and, and like grown-ups come in yeah, and, and the house. <laughs> right like uh so it's it's really cool like and they and they go through like 
They do like charter green dot schools. Um, a few weeks ago, I just did these mock interviews through the YBA um, where I went to a school over in um, a, a, a Koreatown area mm-hmm. and just like sat there and, and uh, the kids come up, they have like a, a, a job that they're applying for and you interview them. And like I was telling you guys beforehand, like there were two of the kids I literally wanted to be like, come work for me like right now. <laughs> because like you, you, it's... There's just like, there's in, intangible things people have and you can see that. Mm-hmm. And then there's some other kids you're like, well, well, the world needs fish stickers too. You know, good, good <laughs> luck. You're going to need everything of it. Like you didn't even like, like this one kid came up and like, I, I, I stood up out of the chair and I, I was like learning to let them. Cause you know, like, I, you know, I'm an old school kind of person where like you shake man or woman's hand. Mm-hmm. And you look them in the eye and, and like the way you shake their hand and the way that you, like it's important, it still matters. And like some of these kids even shake their hand, they just look down like literally I'm like, OK, like you know, whatever. But <laughs> it's really fun getting to go and they like set up and, and you just you you go speak whenever you can. So I do it as much as I can. And, and I, I put together different things like, you know, and I try to make it fun for them. Not like, oh, did you know, like the, you know, sharp ratio or, you know, you don't talk right. about any of that stuff. You're just like, hey, listen, you know, like things that they use, like Apple is always a really good example because there's usually they all have iPhones or whatever, you know, or, or like, you know, trying to get them to understand that, you know, you can create a business, you can go work for somebody, you can be an entrepreneur, you can do, you know, I tell a little bit about my story. I'm like, I, I built a business from quite literally nothing. Like when I first started, I was, you know, I, I still had to teach fitness classes, uh, to pay my rent and pay my bills and stuff. Well, I was trying to convince clients that I was the guy to, to hire to, to manage their, their assets, you know? And so mm-hmm. I was like, I went from, you know, I use my mechanic background. So I, I like to give them like, listen, I was like, I, I put in a lot of work and I ate dirt for a, a long time to get where I'm at today. And that's a good thing. And, and you shouldn't, you don't need to know exactly what you want to do day one, but like, here's some examples and like, and just teaching them about kind of like career stuff and, you know, and because when I grew up, I was like, oh, doctor, lawyer, mechanic, or, or engineer. That was mm-hmm. that was the three options essentially. And then I was the black sheep in my family, and I disappointed everybody and went none of them. But but you also teach them some financial literacy, and that's something yeah. that uh, has been severely lacking in the education system for decades. I don't think it's ever existed, has it? It hasn't. There there was something I saw out of Florida, in fact, and I think they're starting to do. We, we talked about that. Yeah, I, I have to look more into it, but that's really exciting. Uh, and, and that'd be exciting if that spread to other states, you know, financial literacy. Just why Florida out of all the places to do that? <laughs> Florida's <laughs> the one that's going to institute. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I, it's, I was like, well, I, hey, at least someone's doing it. Oh, that's how I thought. But, you know, so, yeah, getting to like trying to spark a light in, in these kids and, and like teach them that there's, that you know, Listen, making money and working really hard is great, but if you do that and you, you know, try and explain what inflation is and, and trying mm-hmm. to explain like, you know, and you, and you really bring it back to like everyday examples. You're like, you're like, remember, you know, like, you know, a gallon of milk or like, remember when you get like candy bars, like all of that stuff used to, like, I used to be able to buy a candy bar with like two quarters. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Like I sound ancient, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I'm not that old. I know. Right. And just like. <laughs> teaching them about companies and, and, and I really try to drill in because everybody talks, even grownups, especially about, Oh, we're going to, we're going to play the stock market. I'm like, if you want to play the stock market, you're going to get played. But if you want to own pieces of businesses, 
uh, and do it strategically. It's not like you can just blindly own whatever. Uh, but if you you want to be an owner mm-hmm. uh, of businesses, and you can do it with as little as you know twenty, you can now with fractional shares. What an advantage! Mm-hmm. My God. Oh yeah. Uh, right. You know, um, and, and so just yeah, the financial literacy part and, and about savings and 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 you know, just it's it's really fun to get up and, t- and and talk to these kids. And then I always like try to bring like some candy and stuff and like ask them like random fun questions, uh, you know, about things like you know, uh, I use the example of like Marvel and Disney, and you know, like did you know because mm-hmm. every all of these kids know Disney, they all know Marvel and like you know how they bought that for basically next to nothing and look. What Marvel is today, and right. and and I also you know talk about the failures and things. I'm like, you're not always gonna you're not always gonna win. Mm-hmm. Just a matter of getting back up again. And and so I, it's one of the I'm actually gonna be headed back to. I'm from Toledo, Ohio, and and they're the the two high schools, the one that I went to, uh, and then the one I coached at, I'm going to be doing a, like, like, a at least once or twice yearly when I go back, kind of like an investment club and, and like anybody, any kids in the school, um, one's an all boys, the other one's an all girls school. Like, listen, I don't know if there's going to be any interest or if there's going to be lots of interest, but listen, once, once or twice a year when I'm home visiting, you know, make a date to go in there and literally just talk about, you know, financial literacy and, and talk about, and and now it's like oh my god with TikTok and, and social every anytime I see financial literacy I'm just waiting for the life insurance agent to be on the other side of it yeah um, and I'm like that's not financial literacy <laughs> it's, it's, no. that's something else um, but it's not that it, insurance has it definitely has a part it's not but but usually it's it's like, you know anyways um, nobody makes money paying out claims on insurance let's just yeah put it that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. E- exactly you know and and so. <laughs> the, 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 the YBA is, is a fantastic organization uh, and it was just some some guy's vision of like hey let's do this and and now it's grown into uh, you know it's just it makes it so easy for someone like me that's so busy I can just go onto their website schedule a school go in and now with COVID you know schools reopening and stuff because it was on hold for quite a while um mm-hmm. you know go in and, and like i'd say maybe out of a out of a room of 30 if you can reach like three or four kids you reach one yeah even one right it, yeah mike i just you know make one to make a difference and, and like these mock interviews like some of these kids like i'm telling like i'm like man you're gonna I, I would hire you today and then some of these kids you know here's a list of stuff to work on <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and like you write up it's really cool because you give them a, a review and i hate giving like bad reviews so i really try to be right i'm a sensitive person and i you know like i but i was like listen here's the i always try to find the good things and i was like you know i said but you know when you when you look a man in the eye or when you meet somebody look at look a man or woman in the eye shake their hand with a firm handshake and and sit up tall like Mm -hmm. i remember this one i was like and then one of the questions of what's your greatest weakness this kid goes well i'm tired all the time and i'm like oh (laughs) jesus no, no, anyway. no. <laughs> yeah, the, the YBA is fantastic. Nutrition check. <laughs> yeah, Mike, maybe, maybe put down the sugar a little bit and you know, right. eat some vegetables. Well, I love what you're doing with that, and I hope that you keep doing it because that's something that Dan and I have talked about quite a bit. And anytime we have guests that that try to get back to the the educational aspect of it to the younger generation, who just that that makes us smile with pride. 
Absolutely. When you when you get when I started, I remember when I started this business and it's like how to grow a business and it's like go volunteer at whatever whatever and I was like I don't really align with a lot of these nonprofits. Like it, not that they're not doing good work, it just didn't spark like no, there's no passion. I had no passion for a lot of these things. Like I, you know, I don't. And then I found this one and I was like, oh, this is something I don't even. I just I can go. I'll, I'll talk. I'll talk shop investments, financial literacy uh, to to anybody that'll buy me a beer or have me in their school. Or put you on their show. Or put me on their show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. that's, you know, that's how our business model relies on. That's yes. what your business model. You know, I got no book to sell, although now you gave me an idea to write one. You know, no book, no pitch. Just hey, let's talk about stuff that can make a meaningful impact. Mm-hmm. And and uh, if you can, like I said, if I can walk into a room and one kid or, or three or four and it, and it sparks something, I, I, I can remember when I was a kid and and, and uh, you know things sparked for me because someone said something in a way that you know just kind of like lit my brain on fire and so that that's mm-hmm. kinda, that's my hope and so if I can be moderately successful at that, I, I've done something. You, you mentioned earlier before we started uh, recording that you have two kids now. How old's your oldest? That's crazy that I have two kids. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, I say to my wife, actually, probably on a weekly basis, I'm like, can you believe we have kids? Somebody let you. How did this happen? How did this happen? I, I have a, I have a two, uh, two and a half year old. Her name is Evie, mm-hmm. Yvette. Uh, and then we just had a baby boy. His name is Luca. And I wish I could give you a better explanation that we named him Luca. It was just off that new movie called Luca. And it's my daughter's favorite movie. And so, yeah, we've got, uh, uh, well, actually he's one month old now. So, so those two kids and I, we just got, got the social security card. So I'm going to open up his 529 for him. Uh, <laughs> You know, and uh, yeah, I did remember reading something that if you put aside, I thought it was something as low as like twenty five hundred dollars to four thousand, somewhere around that for a kid in a 401k account at the time of their birth. By the time they hit retirement age, they'll be a millionaire. Oh, oh, yeah. It, 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 it's it's kind of remarkable if you just let the world work and innovation work and let mm-hmm. time work, you know, over the long term, you can you can be so incredibly successful. Um, you know, and obviously the earlier you start, the better, like, you know, but, uh, I'd have to look at the, the compound interest charts too, but it doesn't take, it was not much. It was less than 5,000. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not a lot. And you can really, and listen, if that didn't work, uh, then there's other problems. Yep. <laughs> Money is yeah. probably the least of them. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, I mean, when you have time on your side, Mm-hmm. And you don't need that much money to really get started and be, and you know, it's just the discipline of, and I remember because I, as a kid, I was, I, you know, I, I never saved any money. I spent, you know, PlayStation, as soon as the play, you know, PlayStation came out, the new T like TV, I hid it in my closet. You know, my sister was the saver, but, uh, but man, if you, you, you compound that over the years through good, bad markets, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's extremely powerful. Do you have any plans of teaching your children financial literacy? Like, what is your what's your game plan? I, I yeah, I my my biggest issue with with that is that I I don't want to sound like an asshole, but I I want them to grow up like I grew up like my dad was a mechanical engineer, but like I was out, we were always working, and we like we heated our home. Like I, I grew up kind of like caveman style, like we heated our home with wood. My dad was like, my dad's still like, literally, like, we're, I come from a different place. Let me just put it that way. And, 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 a little bit of Western boy. Yeah, very much. And like, you don't turn the heat on. 
you, you, we burned firewood. Like, and so I grew up, like my childhood was cutting trees, with my dad splitting, chopping wood, working on like always some project, always some, something, some work. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. the typical, and I don't want my kids to grow up that way. Cause it was, it, there were parts of that that really sucked, but yeah. And we're uh, yeah. in LA. It's like, it's not going to happen. It's not gonna be the same, but I, I want them as successful as my wife and I have been. And, and, and my God, in another, another 10 years, it's going to be ridiculous. I don't want them to like, I, I haven't, I, I, this is the part I haven't figured out. I want them to grow up and we live in LA, which is a bizarre place to begin with. Um, I don't, I want them growing up. I want them to be very centered, uh, very disciplined and hardworking and not like, cause we're going to be able to do some really cool stuff that like my parents would have never dreamed of like that right you know and, and i, I want to do those things with them at the same time i don't want to grow up with your average la kid that's a complete douchebag um <laughs> and entitled. <laughs> you know what i mean so i to be, the financial literacy part stocks bonds you know savings inflation i that part's that's the easy part it's it's the behavioral part that i i really hope i i do a good job because i want to i want them to have a bit of a chip on their not chip on their shoulder maybe like i did but like I want them to have an edge mm-hmm. and I don't like, you know, I don't want them. I don't know if you get, you don't want anything handed to them. I think. Yeah. I right. want them to work for everything. And, and I want them, not that I won't be there to help them, but I really, I re- I don't want to fail them in that way because I'm surrounded by kids. I mean, in LA that are, have, have, are just your next disaster cases because everything's handed to them. They grew up, you know, they have no idea. Like we live in a bubble here in West LA where there's just so much money literally floating in the air that I, that, and a lot of these kids are complete, you know, the suicide rate is has skyrocketed with young kids, you know, and, and social, there's so many challenges. The, 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 in, the number part of it is going to be the easy part, the financial literacy part. Right. It, and, uh, and like, I hope that either my daughter or my son, you know, one day takes over my, my, my practice, my business. And they, they, and it, but only if this is what really, like, I love this. I, there's, this is, this is, uh, you know, this is this, I'm, I'm doing what I should be doing. And if it's, if it's their passion and their fire, I really, I'd love for them to come in and, you know, I'm going to put them through it at first for sure. Like I did, cause that's really good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, if they want to take over, if they want to do something great, you know, or else, you know, great, but it would be really cool if like, it could be, you know, if I could leave a legacy and they, they eventually took this over from me, but, but if it's not their thing, I certainly would never, you know, I, I, you know, I want them to find their own fire. Right. Uh, it took me years to find the thing that I was excited about, which is what we're doing now. Oh, yeah. I never really understood that. Like a job was just where you went to make money and then you did that. And so that way you can come home and enjoy it. Right. Well, well how long have you guys been doing the podcast now? It's been uh, about almost two years now at this point. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. You're, 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 a, you're at a huge inflection point, you know, because mm-hmm. that's, yeah, it's like uh, getting to talk about things that matter and, and, and spotlight, you know, everybody's got a different perspective and different way. They talk to clients and, and talk to people. And, and, uh, you know, something my dad told me really early on that that's been the best life lesson I think I've ever known is you'll know if someone has any interest in you at all, if they're, if, if they're asking you questions and not like, right. <laughs> you know, obviously this is kind of like a one-sided affair. Like you're indulging me with a lot of questions, but, but like in general life and business and things like that, like, you know, relationships, friendships, you know, if people, you know, give a shit about you or, or not based on the questions, mm-hmm. if they're worried about your health, your wealth, and, and basically your, your happiness. Uh, and, and, and sadly, as I've gotten older, most people don't do that. 
because they don't care. Most people are just waiting to ask their question. Yeah. yeah. Like they're, they're, it's just a waiting game for your turn to talk. It seems like it's, it's so true, which is, uh, I mean, you guys are so natural to talk to This is this podcast already successful. You're going to be, you're going to be unbelievably successful because of your ability to do that. Not too many people can. 43 minutes, Dan. Write that down. Yeah, dude. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now let's talk about me now. Let's talk about you guys. But enough about me. (laughs) Do you guys have kids, by the way? Uh, I do do not. Uh, I'm allergic to them. Um, My wife has two that are out of the house now. Okay. Although they seem to keep being trying to get the way back into the house. (laughs) (laughs) I told my dad they're like boomerangs. That's not true. They're good kids. Yeah, they they are. You 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 lucked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. All right. Well, let's. Uh, I want to. I want to ask you one more thing to leave everybody with. Sure. Uh, it's on your, your your sheet here. Is one of the questions to ask you, and I have to ask it because it's such a good question. The top financial habits that hold people back and need to be reformed. Can you speak to that from what your in your experience has been the thing that holds people back? Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. What holds people back? It's really tough to pinpoint that exactly, but what holds people back is I would put it in kind of a, a really butchered analogy, which is this: is that the uh, or metaphor? It's one of the two. I don't know. Butcher itself, but essentially, this people people as far as their investments, they 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 for, they have. Uh, it's like you're looking through a a, a zoom mm-hmm. glass, like uh, like binoculars, and. and People try to zoom in as as intently as they can, right? And, and because that's what the media, that's what the news, that's what your friends, that's what your family are all telling you to do, you know. Um, and the reality is, most most people would be so well served if they just zoomed way the hell out and, and looked at, like for example. Like a good example is a client's fear that, you know, they just got a big inheritance and it is a big deal for them and they do need to have it managed right. Otherwise they will have to go back to work. And the, the fear was, what if we get, and, and you guys deal with this. I know you're, well, well, we're on the verge of world war three. What if world war three happens? So, well, <laughs> I said, if there's a bunch of, yeah, by, by the ITA, but you know, the, uh, the reality is it's like you're, you're if you're going to invest you're, you you got to invest in the future and you, you are making a bet on the future, hands down. You're making a bet that there will be at least be a future. And otherwise, I don't really. But the reality is, is that the, the there have been much scarier times in history. And we've we've gotten through. Like, can you imagine? I, I, like, I'm a big right. World War Two buff because all my family was in, in the in the in the in the armed forces. Uh, a lot of my older older uncles all fought, uh, you know, whether it was mm-hmm. Korea, Vietnam, you know, World War II, uh, my grandparents. Like, this is the uh, the nuclear stuff is scary. But at the end of the day, if we all see a bunch of bright lights, we're not going to have, there's not going to be anything to worry about. No. Right. Right. So, so outside of that, which, listen, if it happens, it happens. You can't, hey, there is no strategy for that. There is no strategy. But outside of that, the reality is we're living in the best time to be possibly alive in human history mm-hmm. uh, with all the negatives. I, it's not that I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a permable by any means, but we are living at the greatest time in human history. And I do believe it gets scarier, but it also gets better. I was like, can you imagine, you know, world war two? Can you imagine Korea? Can you imagine the, you know, 
the Soviet missile crisis where they're actually like, you know, we right. really were close to nuclear war. Like there, there have been such scarier times in history, but we're all programmed to think that this is the like this is we've got there's real problems with China and there's real problems with what's going on in Europe. And there's real, real problems. But the reality is, if you zoom out the lens and look at the technological shift of what's happening. Yeah, what, what we're capable of. And what we're capable of, and you want to be a bear? Like, what? What are you looking at? Like the, um, it, it, it's it's like the we're on the verge. The internet's only like we're. I don't know how old you guys are, but I, I have a feeling we're similar somewhere in we're close. We're close enough. Dan just had his birthday yesterday. That's right. Oh. Just just hit the big four zero. Happy belated birthday, man! Oh, thank you, thank you. I get mine in November. <laughs> yeah. So like we're, you, you guys, we're one of the last, we're one of the, I tell my wife this, we're one of the last generations that will be able to be like, we knew what it was like before internet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. our oh, kids yeah. will never know that. They don't, they'll, they'll never have an idea. You won't be able to describe what it was like. And listen, in a lot of ways, it was better. Having a second line in the house, so that way you can use dial-up modem to play War- <laughs> the original Warcraft with your neighbor. Oh, my God. Someone, someone calls the house. When <laughs> when you're arguing with your sibling over who was in what movie, and you have to go to the library or the video store to look it up. <laughs> oh, my God. Right? I mean. <laughs> Everybody had a, an encyclopedia in the house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If you wanted to do a, a project for school, you were at the library because, yeah, yeah. like that was yeah. it. And so, the, um, the, the I guess the, the, it boils down to zoom way the hell out because if you if you can't look around and see, listen, there's we could talk about the bad things till the weekend. Everybody talks about the bad. Everyone talks yeah. about the bad things. That's really easy because fear. We're much more um, we're much more susceptible to fear than yeah. we are optimism. And and the reality is, and when you zoom out, my God, it's it, it's very it's so exciting. The fact that I can FaceTime my daughter in 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 like almost like four. Well, I guess it's four K or whatever it is to yeah. family across the world or back home. Mm-hmm. Anytime I want, and it's free. It's free, right? Long distance used to cost money. You, I used to when my my I have a half, uh, sister who's actually technically half sister because previous marriage. So she's like twelve years older. She moved to San Francisco. We used to have to write letters, and then I had to get a calling card that was stupid expensive, and right. I'd, have to, I'd, I'd watch the minutes on the card, and then we, yeah. you know, like, like <laughs> you know, so there's it, it's you have to really zoom out. Because if you can imagine, like, where things are going to be in 20 years, I mean, I, I really can't. I really – it's it's so many things I thought would be – like, I didn't really understand when it came out why texting would be a big deal. But that's because you had to hit the same keypad five times to, like yeah. – or, you know, texting pictures, why that would matter. More now I have kids. I'm like, my God, my whole family – you know, or love or hate Facebook and social media. But I got to tell you, one of the greatest things about it is I'm in touch with friends and family that I would have lost complete contact with. Like, so there's, there's like, and that's, those are just like easy examples, but man, you really have to zoom out the lens because if you look at the negative, it's terrifying and always will be, but the the future is so exciting and so bright uh, that, that you want to own pieces of it. You want to own pieces of it and, and not all of it's going to work out. But my God, the pieces that do are, are going to be so ridiculously exciting uh, that it'll all be worth it. 
I've been watching. I've been watching The Wire lately. Uh, just seeing the change in technology from that show was eye opening. <laughs> my wife and I started trying to watch it because I know it's like one of the greatest series of all time. At least mm-hmm. that's what we're told. And like we we started this is like two years ago, and the first episode it literally looks like you're watching from something from like the seventies. You see people with pagers. You're like, what it's, the hell? It, it looks so <laughs> old. Like, uh-huh. yeah, oh my god, pagers. Yeah, you, you know, like. Yeah, pages. The computers they're using at the well, most of the time they're doing filing, like <laughs> right. shit paperwork folders. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or, or like, for example, when the pandemic hit, like the, they were still in production at Apple. So my wife, you know, would would leave every day, and and obviously with COVID, we weren't. You know, um, she's also a nurse at UCLA, um, and so we we she, like we we were very. You know, she's she was more panicked about COVID than I was, which was fine. Totally respect. Every, you know, not an issue. But like we weren't having anybody come in to watch watch EV, and so I worked from home for eighteen months, and it almost drove me insane with a toddler. But like, there's no way you could have ever done that before. No, that, that oh, was no. not that was not possible. That was not you know. So like, there's so many. The, the future is very bright, but we're definitely going to have some some road bumps. Sounds like a great spot to leave it. For sure, for sure. Uh, thank you so much, Matthew. This has been a wonderful time. We do hope that you'll come back in the future and hang out with us again. Before we before we cut you loose, though, can you uh, tell uh, the people who, where to find you if they want to they want to learn more? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm on. I, I like Instagram is my fa- favorite platform. You can find me at moroski.mj.m-u-r-a-w-s-k-i.m-j. That's my professional Instagram tag. Uh, uh, GoodsteinWealthManagement.com is is our website. You can see a big picture of my partner Alan, my assistant Rosie, and myself on there. But uh, yeah, I, I just try to post content that I think is interesting. Uh, well, we have an intern right now that's like 20. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess he just turned 20. And he, he asked me, he's like, I'm just curious on your Insta- your social media strategy. Like, who's your target audience? I'm like, listen, Michael, that's a very good question. And you are right. And I have no idea how to answer it. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> if you're trying to target younger people, it's not going to work. I'm like, thank you, Michael. I really appreciate the input. I was like, I just... I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't have a huge following. I just post stuff that I think is interesting and it's working out. But aside from that, I'm not trying to sell you a program or a book or even trying to schedule an appointment. I just, I genuinely enjoy doing it. Um, mm-hmm. I genuinely enjoy doing stuff like this. Uh, so I don't, I, I mean, obviously we're all trying to grow our businesses and all things like that, but I, I, I know I should be more targeted and things like that, but I, I you know, that's where people could find me on Instagram or is great. I just do stuff that I think is cool um, and pertinent and, and our, our website would be fantastic. So. All right, Dan. Okay. Thank you again, Matthew. This has really been fantastic. Kyle, you're always fantastic. Thank Aww. you again. I know you don't get enough gratitude from me Never. and folks. You're also fantastic. All you listeners out there. We love you. Thanks for making it to the end, but well, we got to shut down the shop for now. Uh, we will back at, be back at you soon with another exciting episode, but until then happy trades. Bye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company.
They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.